Hi, and welcome to another episode of Unturned Stones. On today's podcast, I'm going to be interviewing Nate Gorski. Nate's a close friend that I've, in my later years here with me and my wife, we kind of started in our running group of friends, somebody that I've gotten very close with and uh, have just built a friendship up over the past few years through running, but turned into us doing things outside Other of running things. and into drinking and it's just gen- general, <laughs> general fun. Yeah. General fun. fun. Yeah. Um, so I mean, him, I've had a lot of conversations just about life. We talk about marriage a lot. Uh, and through those conversations, we kind of, sometimes they'll go pretty long. And right. from that, I kind of knew Nate would be another good interview to do, talk about his life a little bit and tell us a little bit, you know, about yourself. So just to, to start off the podcast here, if you could tell people yeah. a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So Nate Gorski, uh, 41 live uh in Hales Corners. Uh married two kids, a nine and a five year old. Um older brother. I'm the older brother. I've got a younger brother that's four years younger. Mom and dad are uh, in the middle of going through a divorce. But very small family. Uh married into a fairly big family. I don't know. You guys are born and raised in Hales Corners. Yeah. No, born and raised in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. Yep. Okay. Um, and just like at some point, you got your parents bought a house in Hales Corners. No. So born and raised in Milwaukee. I grew up in a duplex above my grandparents on the south side of Milwaukee. Then when I was a senior in high school, moved to the house that my parents are currently in um, near the airport in Milwaukee. And then, oh, I don't know why I was thinking your parents had yeah. a house in Hales Corners. You're right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow. But, and, uh, yeah. So, I think I swear to God, I kept thinking that I've always thought your dad and your oh, mom really? lived in Hales Corners, no. but I think I put that thought in my own head. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Cool. So, you've been in Milwaukee then your entire life. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much, besides. Except for the military. So, graduated high school in 2000. Uh, joined the Marines right out of two, or right out of high school in 2000, and then kind of bossed around a little bit after the Marines. Lived in California for a couple of years, um, but pretty much yeah, in Milwaukee. Okay, my whole life. And so, what was life like for young Nate living huh? in Milwaukee? Young Nate. Yeah. How far back do you want to go? Like, uh, you know, for you, like, when was like. When do you have like a lot of the memories for you when you think of your childhood? Sure. Like, sure. like do you think back to eight year old Nate, ten year old Nate? Yeah. Um, probably go back to. Oh, fourth grade ish, give or take, Nate. Okay. Um. Uh, young Nate. Young Nate. I don't know. So you're an older brother. Yeah, years. older brother. I was probably pretty mean on my brother, um, as most older brothers are. Um, but yeah, just ran around the neighborhood all the time and heavily into sports. Family life was fun. You know, like her, we lived above my grandparents. They lived down below in the duplex. So like holidays were always big. A lot of people, we always had you know, family around. But then like, you know, pretty, pretty cultured. So like my, my dad's mom's originally from 
northeast part of France. So we were in the French immersion program, all of the schooling. So all of our classes in elementary school were in French, except for English class. As a fifth grader, I got to go to France for three weeks. Stayed, so yeah, like stayed with a French family for a little bit. And then my parents, right? My dad and my brother came and met us over there. My mom stayed with a French family as like a chaperone. Um, and then we went and visited some of like my dad's side of the family. Uh, so very cultured as a young kid, which is like transferred over into like our kids. But like. Like you guys like to expose your kids to. Yeah. Just yeah, different, like different foods, different music, different cultures. You know, try to, we haven't really traveled a ton outside of the state, but um, try to do that probably as they get older. But, and then in, as a middle schooler found out that technically I was adopted. So like, I don't know my real dad, um, supposedly somewhere in the area, but I've never met him. I've never really actively like wanted to felt there was a need to figure out who that person was and try to find that person but that was like as a middle schooler that my parents told me was that, that hard for you i don't know i think i still have not really spent the time to really analyze it or think about it or try to figure out like where it's affected me in my 41 years life or like where it might affect me going forward or how it affects my relationship with my kids, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, middle school, that would be kind of a... Yeah. It's a weird age, like, to have maybe kind of like such a big thing dropped on you. Where right. It was like, it's almost, was it almost easier to not process it instead of like to sit there and like make a big deal of it as a middle school kid of like... Probably. You know. Yeah, instead of high school where you might be like, oh, shoot, you know, I want to find out who this person is. I want to try to track them down. We're in middle school. All middle school, I think, is old enough. Elementary school is probably where you would have just kind of been told and maybe it would not have affected you. But I think, like, everybody handles it differently. You know, some people get told things at a young age and then later on in life, stuff comes up and then they go to track a person down that is related or is a mom or a dad or like other things that play into their life that they're in currently that happened in the past. Did it change your relationship with your mom and dad at all? No, no. I mean, so my mom's my biological mama. My mom's my biological mom. It's my dad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think it has had any effects. I mean, it's, I've known, like, they got married. My current mom and dad got married when I was two. So I don't, so I know, you know, so other than like the logistics or the technicalities of my dad not being my biological dad, he's still my dad. Yeah. Um, I kind of joked as a younger kid, like, you know, no, you're not, you know, you're only my half brother or something like that. But even that, like, he's my brother. Yeah. 
emotionally conflict in, in reality he is yeah. your brother. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's some stuff deep down that's got to get dug out for it to truly, like, come to the surface. And whether I'm, like, keeping it down there or it's just down there because it's down there. There's not anything that has made it come to the surface. It's just where it's at right now. Because your relationship with your dad's pretty good for yeah. the most part. Yeah, I mean, we're not super close, you know, like. Were you We don't, like, no. No, okay. no. If anything, like, man, young Nate, he rebelled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, no, we're close. Like, everything is good. You know, it's just we definitely have different interests and different similarities i guess like aren't exactly the same but so did you rebel more after did you feel like rebellious nate kind of came out more no in the sense of like you're not my real dad you know no No, nothing like that no no, i never did the like you can't tell me what to do you're not my dad type thing okay um i just was wild just got wilder as i got older and maybe like let influence at a young age you know influence me too much maybe call it a little bit of gullible you know peer pressure whatever was he a disciplinarian in general or just oh heck yeah 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 but he grew up my grandpa his dad was in the army and like fairly high up, uh, retired out of the army. You know, did some tours uh, in wars, uh, like Korea. So, you know, he was pretty strict on us, which because he probably was very strict on by his dad and trying to change that mold. You know, where I was in the Marines, so like my wife would be like don't be like that you know you don't need to be like that or you can approach it a different way so trying to just be you know approach things differently um, rather than maybe like continuing the same cycle it's like now like your your dad two beautiful kids yeah looking back do you yeah of course (laughs) do you look back and like think to yourself how like what it might have been for him to the, you know, marry your mom when you were two years old and like for him to come in and like be your, like step in as this father role to you. Um, yeah. Do you like, do you ever like look back and reflect on that at all? The like, you know, like what it would be like to be in a, like step, step into marriage and to take on a role of being right. a father to a kid that wasn't yours. Right. Um, and like how that might would like, you know, change the way you'd interact with the kids or discipline them differently or whatever, you know, like be harder, less right. hard on them. I think, thankfully, it was such an early age that there's, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. It'd be an interesting thing to find out from my dad. Like, was it easy? Was there really any, like, you know, issues you had internally where it's like, yeah, this isn't technically my son, but, you know, they're young enough that they're not going to really know a difference, you know? Yeah, because I'm assuming, like, being a dad, one of the things that probably really connected you to kids the most at first, because, you know, it's harder for dads to connect with a kid as much as a mom at first because right. of the fact that you don't birth this kid. Right. That 
it's as soon as they need you for something is really when you start to feel like okay i'm doing something yeah I'm connected or so probably at two years old like you were a baby you you would probably show that need yeah a lot more. but at two i mean you're walking you know yeah and maybe talking a tiny bit so I think there is definitely a, probably is a good age where a bond is formed. Yeah. Um, but I just don't have like the connection with him probably more so because of interest and like similarities of liking the same thing. Okay. So your son, Finn. He yeah. is so much like you, you know, yeah. you could see Finn and you can see yourself in Finn. Everybody can see your, yeah. you can see Nate in Finn. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> Poor guy. He's going to be a blast. Me, me and the wife, you know, and everybody else who is going to experience Finn throughout his lifetime. Yeah. But so like, do you, and maybe I'm sure maybe this isn't something you've thought about before, but for, for your dad then. He he couldn't have seen himself in you because genetically he wasn't in, not, not, not in right. you, you know like you 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 weren't gonna have his facial features you weren't gonna have his eyes or his ears yeah um how do you even the same likes or dislikes yeah right? so then that's kind of where this question is leading is then for you guys did not have the same likes yes yeah. that did you do you think that pie fed into that because like now with your own son you see that like as he's getting older and his personalities come out more. Like right. you see how he's you, he is, yeah. he is little mini Nate Yeah, and he's, yeah. and, and I think he's going to be the best version of you and the best version yeah. of Korean. Yeah. But like, do you think like, how, how does that like, how would you have to like process that thinking about your dad? The fact that, you know, he, he was not genetically your dad. So he, he wasn't going to see himself right. in you the way that you see. Like, so now yourself. you're telling me I should be more like open. At least that's the way I'm thinking. I was like, I probably should have been more open and like open to the things my dad likes rather than being like, oh, we don't like the same things because, and I've never really thought of it that way where it's like, yeah, we're not genetically the same. So most likely we're not going to be interested in the same things or have the same likes. So I probably should be more open. I mean, as a kid, you weren't gonna, right. you weren't gonna, you weren't gonna know to be more open. Right. But I'm saying now, like, I still even think now, like, I don't get our relationship enough of a chance because I'm like, I like what I like and he likes what he likes and they're not the same. So there's really no common ground. You know, where like our son, you know, we have a lot of the same likes because of that genetic aspect. Um, so maybe, I don't know, yeah. gotta be more open going forward. Yeah. It's just, and I don't think, you know, like, it's, I don't even think it's about like having to change anything as much as just kind of being aware of it yeah, and yeah. kind of like keeping that well, I was in mind. Saying, I was never aware of it. Yeah. I would say no talking about it. So. Okay. So then like your mom, how was the relationship there with, yeah. with throughout the years, through your younger years with her? I think really good. I mean, mama's boy. Probably. And from what I've heard. But then, like, I think as I got older, 
it has slowly like changed, you know. My mom deals with mental stuff um, and some pretty serious stuff. So I think that's like made the ebb and flow in our relationship ebb and flow, you know. But that's where I don't like it. It makes me want to really make our kids' relationship or like my relationship with our kids as strong as it can be because I don't want to repeat the cycle and I just want a really strong relationship with my kids. Yeah. Did your mom's mental health issues, like, were they prevalent in there when you guys were younger or did it come up? Oh, yeah. Okay, so they been there. Okay, it wasn't something that came out more recently. No, no, it's just, again, it's it's ebbed and flowed. Okay. Um, You know, there was one real rough patch as like a middle schooler that I remember, you know, that she went through that probably, you know, made us all go through something in some, some level, you know, my mom's probably being the worst because it was her, but then we all experienced stuff. But, um, so in that sense, you've kind of had mental health be a thing that like, you face head on in your in your own family, or like not face head on, but you had you were like, it was there for you to like see yeah. and know Deal that with. it's a thing yeah. that existed. Oh yeah. Um, so in middle school, like in your older years, like how have you processed mental health, knowing that like you had you had somebody in your family who struggled with it, and you've, you you kind of you get to see like the the actions and consequences of how like mental health plays out. Right. Especially, I mean, you grew up in the, you went to school in the 90s, yeah. like in like those like really yeah. like formative years for you in the 90s. And, you know, I talked to other guests like Josh about this, how, you know, back then like mental health was not talked about, especially for kids and whatnot. Right. Uh, like, how did that affect like your view on it? What did you, how did you look at what your mom was facing with it at that time? Do you remember how you processed what your mom was dealing with? I probably just ignored it. Okay. Yeah. Which, and, and I still and, probably like ignore a lot of things when it comes to your mind, your brain, internally, mentally. But I try to like, going like in more recent years, try to, you know, pay attention to it and, and try to do something about it rather than just burying it, you know. You know, being in the military, Obviously that they're not very, you know, back when I was in, they weren't super sensitive either to that kind of stuff. And, you know, the military tries to make you really, really tough. But more recently, it's, uh, you know, you can, you can talk about stuff, you can bring stuff up, you can, it's not, there's not a taboo to mental health, whether it be males or females. Do you feel like, um, like being a dad too has changed your view on it at all? Yeah. Like, you know, that, you yeah. see these little humans form and right. they, they go through these emotions and you like now pay attention yeah. to their emotions because you're having to pay, you have to pay attention to their emotions because right. that's they're the way. You, yeah. They're your yeah, kids and that's how you can be the best parent. Right. Yeah. And you want them to be. You want them to be the best that they're they're gonna be or they can be, 
and you don't want to set them up for failure, you know, but they, man, kids will teach you a ton of stuff. You know, they will teach you patience and they will kind of like pick out like mental stuff, you know, like if you're sad or happy, you know, anything good or bad mentally, like they will bring it out, you know? So there's no, you almost kind of have like your own little therapist. You You can't really talk to them. But like in a kind of weird way, they will bring things to light that you maybe didn't know or didn't want to bring to light. Like they question your actions and behavior. Yeah. Or, you know, dad is grumpy or dad is sad or dad's frustrated or dad's mad. Like all those, any emotion you can think of, you know. Especially like if you're a person that wears them on your sleeve, they're going to see them and they're going to probably tell you about them because they're kids. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're not shy about it. Right. There's no sugarcoating as uh, my wife would say. So it sounds like a lot for your, during your childhood, a lot of things you kind of just would not, I don't want to use the word Barry, but like you ran away from, ran away from, okay. Cause now after high school, what did you do? Joined the Marines. And you joined right away, right? Right away. Okay. So did you feel like that was a bit of like a running away for you? Like kind of probably, I mean, I didn't know what I wanted to do, you know? So I was going to go to art school and then a good friend was like, Hey, I'm going to the Marines. You want to go? And I'm like, I like physical hard stuff. Like, let's go, you know, which is funny because I didn't want my parents telling me what to do mentally. But like mentally, I thought I was going to be able to handle, you know, a Marine Corps drill instructor telling me what to do like 24-7. And I didn't have like an out, but it was probably good because I didn't have an out. You know, my parents, I could ignore, run away a couple of times. You know, where there was no running away from Marine Corps boot camp. So it was good, but mentally maybe made, I don't know if mentally it made things worse, but just maybe like added more things mentally to the fire, you know? So, I mean, well, also what was that transition like? Like, you know, that, that the first few weeks of boot camp. Yeah. Like what, what was that like? I actually think I liked it. Like like the it, rigidness? It, yeah, just the structure. And there was no, there was no option. It was that, that was it. And really, like, if, if I maybe would have done better in the Marines, if I would have had boot camp all the time for 13 weeks, just started a new boot camp every 13 weeks for four years, or 20 if I would have stayed in, but yeah. Um, because like once I got done with boot camp and I, as a 18 year old, got more leeway and more freedom, I like, you know, just wild Nate. Wild Nate came out. <laughs> yeah. And again, getting caught up in like just being too gullible or too 
to um, just, yeah, too gullible. Like, what, what do you feel like you're gullible about? I'm just partying too much and, you know, not being serious about stuff. Just getting sucked into things I probably shouldn't have done. You know, I don't, it was all fun, but um, it definitely like changed things as far as my military career. Do you feel like there was bad influences? Like from other um yeah. Marines that yeah. you were enlisted with and yeah. stuff. And yeah, like, but you're just young. But like yeah. you and you lean into those influences. Yeah. Like you didn't fight it Full at force. all. Yeah. Yeah, which I guess is what you're taught to in the military or the Marines. It's like, yeah, everything's just like fast and hard, you know, and intense. And I still have a lot of that in me. I've just learned how to to read it and control it. And now, like, I, I think one of, like, the the best things about the military, especially for, like, young men, is it gives you, like, a brotherhood. And, yeah. like, I think men desperately, like, deep down desire being a part of a brotherhood of some sort. So, like, that's why we play sports. That's why we, we like playing on teams of sports. That's why a lot of people who played a ton of sports in high school really, like, chase that feeling in college and want to play college sports and whatnot. Right. Um, did you, what sports did you play in high school? Football and tennis. Football, tennis. Did you play all four years? No. Okay. Just junior and senior year. Okay. Never made basketball. Okay. So. It's like, what, for you, was the Marines, like, like, did you feel that brotherhood in football? And did you, do you feel like Marines or like the Marines, like the next step of it? Yeah. Like, like oh, yeah. or like, was the Marines just like, like so much more of a brother? Cause I mean, the way you suffer through boot camp and then the yeah. way you suffer with other yeah. Marines, it's, it's different. I think, I think it, you form a different brotherhood than just a sports team. Cause. A sports team could still be so like everybody's still clicky and separate right. in high school. It all depends what job you do in the military. You know, some jobs in the military are more intense. So that brotherhood is even more intense, I think. And then some jobs aren't as intense. So then that brotherhood, it's still a, there's still an intense brotherhood because a lot of the people you live with, you know, you're living with them or you're in like an apartment building type setting and, you're with them a lot. Um, so they really are your family. Like you don't, even if you're married in the military, stuff like that, you still see all those other people so much like they're your family and you see very little of your like true family because you might only get to get back home a couple times a year sometimes. So yeah, it's a big brotherhood, sisterhood um, while you're in. And again, it's just depending on the job. Some some of those brotherhoods are more intense. And then if you go off to war, that just gets even intensified even more. Yeah, I I don't know what I was talking about with this recently, but uh, they say like that sometimes like the PTSD for some veterans, it's it's so much worse when they're back home than like when they're with the people that they went through this traumatic event with, Yeah, they really don't almost feel the PTSD. Right. Like, because you're in the same room, in the same like setting with the people who went through yeah. it, but like, there's like this shared like trauma bonding in some sense, whatever. But like yeah. when you're back home and all of a sudden you're alone every day, you're in civilian life. That's like, that's when like the PTSD really like 
sets in hard and all of a sudden it really starts to affect their life. Well, and the structure, there's still structure when you're a civilian, but there's, I think, a little more structure when you're in the military. Um, So I think, yeah, when that person in the military, and granted, I was not deployable. I never got deployed anywhere. Uh, So I got lucky, although I wish I would have went. But yeah, there's a reason, obviously, that I didn't get deployed. But anyways, like when you're, when that person is in the military, they have a little more structure. And like you're saying, they have the common bond of all those people that are always readily, readily around and available, where then when they get discharged and they're a civilian, they don't have all that access or those similarities. Um, and yeah, that's a huge, another huge topic and issue. And, uh, and everybody that I know, or like my best friend that got me to join, that did a couple tours, you know, he's not horribly different or has, I don't think like as bad of PTSD as some other people have, but there's definitely changes that happen because unfortunately, you know, war is war. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna have an effect on you. I mean, yeah. The older you get, life just has an effect on you. But yeah. when you go through some certain things as you get older that are actually right. like, you know, more impactful experiences like that. Or even an injury, right? Yeah. So um, I broke my leg just over seven years ago. Like there's PTSD there. You know, you can't do the same things. Granted, through now this time, I've definitely healed a lot, but... You know, PTSD, even in injuries to people, it doesn't have to be just military. It could be an injury. It could be, you know, parents that, um, you know, don't get along and you're a kid and you're watching, you know, or hearing your parents fight, you know, whether it's verbal or physical and, you know, that's going to leave, you know, marks and scars and impressions on a person yeah just how yeah how severe those marks are right. how deep they right. are i suppose it's kind of depending on the experience but ultimately yeah there's a lot of experiences that can really like leave you feeling like some part of yourself was like lost at some point somewhere right and then you're always trying to gain it back right yeah or you don't want to gain it back or you don't want to get it back yeah that's very yeah. real just bury it yeah um and you were deployed in California, uh, not deployed, you were in, station. Bush, in station in California. Yeah. Um, so when you're done with the Marines, where, where did you go after? So then I uh, came back home and bounced around a little bit from like staying here in Wisconsin and then going back out to California, living in California with a good friend that I was in, the, in California and in the Marines with. And then eventually... Um, you know, did that for a couple of years, living out of a backpack and a snowboard bay <laughs> and ton of fun, but then came home and I uh, was living at home and that's when I met my wife and rest is history. So there's a couple of years living out of a backpack. Yeah. It was uh, amazing. Yeah. What years were those? Like how old were you? Uh, 20, mid 20s. Okay. Yeah, and so that would have been like mid two thousand, and ton of fun, like 
just, I don't know, got to experience so much stuff and see so much stuff. And maybe I'm like a little bit of gypsy at heart because maybe I'm run because I'm running from stuff. I don't know. I mean, at the time, you probably didn't feel like you were actively running from anything. Yeah. Because you're, yeah. it's not like you're probably just enjoying life at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. But also maybe a little running. aware. Yeah. <laughs> like, you were running away from something. I don't want to sleep on my parents' couch, you know, or be living at home, you know, but that's what it was. And that's the choices I made. It's like early 2000s there. Like, were you, like, were you actively like, uh, you know, did you see yourself working a 40 hour a week job, just getting up Monday through Friday and no, I like, still don't see myself doing it. Because <laughs> you have a bit of that gypsy soul. A little yeah, bit, yeah. Like, so like, what, what did you, you know, in, in those years as you were living that life, like the part of you want to just do that forever? Is that kind of what you almost like? You know, did you? I thought I could. Okay. It'd be fun if I could. What, but what ended? Then it? eventually it was like, no, this isn't my. Everybody kind of started to grow and and adult and move forward with their lives. And then eventually it was like, yeah, this isn't my home. I don't know anybody out here. Like I need. I'm going back to Wisconsin, and for some reason I'm a, like I like deer hunting a lot. And it was like I can't deer hunt out here. And it's like. Now I look at it, it's like, no, I could elk hunt out there. Yeah. Like, why didn't I stay out there? But just like the military, I mean, I mean, I truly feel everything happens for a reason, which is maybe why I don't like dig into my mental stuff as much. Is like, ah, oh, just it, it all happened for a reason, but it's also probably because I'm scared or nervous or just don't want to dig. But, um, it uh, it all happened for a reason, so I came home. Okay. Yeah. Do you? And I'm, I want like you. Do you really look, probably romanticize that time, right? Like to look back on it, that time of just like you said, living like living out of a bag. Oh, yeah, because I still would do it. Yeah, yeah. You like <laughs> you'd go back to it. Yeah. Um. So was that transition to come back home really hard? Um, no, cause I really was like, I really wanted to come home, you know, like, because I felt like Wisconsin was my home, but also just, I didn't feel, I didn't feel like my place was there. So I was like, no, I'm coming back home, you know, but then for a while there, like mentally it was hard. Cause again, living at home, living on my parents' couch, can't really build a relationship, you know, living at home, sleeping on your parents' couch. Uh, so. Yeah, it's, but, hard, it's hard to meet somebody. Yeah. 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 Like, Hey, I'll come over by you, <laughs> but I can't come over by me. Um, so when I met my wife, I pretty much like moved out. It's like, yeah, I'm moving in with you. And thankfully she took me. <laughs> um, Okay, because like, yeah, I mean, spending like your mid twenties are such like a. I do think you men go through a lot in their mid twenties. Uh, they say like our brains mature. Like mm -hmm. we finally finish our maturing around twenty five, twenty six, like fifty. 
<laughs> some men, yeah. not all men. Some, some even men. later. Some, some, some a little later. But uh, you know, like we, yeah, we do kind of like we go through a lot in our mid twenties. Yeah. Like by the time that we are in our upper twenties, we kind of really start coming in ourselves a little bit more. Yeah. Um, which That's is, where really the military. Yeah. I, if people got to join a little older, I think people would stay in a lot longer. Um, where when you're so young, you're so gullible, it can be brainwashed so easily, which I guess is good for the military because yeah. it can mold you into what they want. But hopefully like in today's military, that would be, I think a big thing is like counseling where it's like, if you could have a counselor when you join the military at a young age, that's like, yo, private so-and-so, like you're really like, maybe don't want to do these things because if you don't do these things, you could actually have a career in the military. Yeah. Like really make you think about it further. Yeah. Rather than you're just left to your own devices and for you again, not matured to try to figure those things out at the age of 18 or 19. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, you can mature a lot in four years, but you mature a lot more in another four years. You mature a lot more in another right. four years. Like, and I think a lot, I do think men really like. But you're very immature at 18. Yo, you're so immature. I mean, and, no matter how mature you think you are, you will look back and be like, holy shit, I was immature. Yeah. No matter how mature I might've seen, right. even compared to other people, and there's a you're few still people, immature. There's probably a few people that are very mature at that age, but I think that's such a small percentage. And I could be wrong. And even those people probably look back and still think, wow, I still fought immaturely about certain things. Yeah. Maybe they didn't act as immaturely, but yeah. they still, you still, they probably still fought immaturely. Yeah. And um, at that age too, when you're going into like a military or a boot camp, you know, if you have all these other mental issues or other issues, you know, a lot of the people just, you know, drink, like drinking's huge. Drugs, drugs are huge in the military. Yeah, like probably one of the probably one of the biggest things or places there's drugs is in the military. Well, if you're all of a sudden at a young age having to leave everything you know and go do this, and everything again is intense and fast and hard, it's a way to decompress. It's a way to forget about stuff. Because ultimately. Probably a lot of people who are joining the military at 18 years old are trying to escape from something. Yeah. And then now you physically can escape from it by leaving your hometown, but then you can't alcohol escape. Yeah. So you, you go to alcohol and yeah. drugs, which like, yeah, I mean, you hear that a lot in the military that that stuff does get used a lot because there is also a little, like, there's not a ton to do depending where you're stationed. Right. right? Some areas. Yeah. I was in the middle of the desert. Yeah. So, I mean, I got into rock climbing at Joshua Tree, but. Yeah. You drink, you do drugs, drink, and, yeah. you, and especially- Work in, hard, play hard. Well, yeah, yeah, especially with a bunch of other guys around. <laughs> right. I mean, they always say, like, you get a group of guys together, that's usually when dumb shit happens. Right, right. Because <laughs> we, we all try to help each other, impress each yeah. other, be funnier. But it doesn't, it doesn't change anything mentally. You know, so that's where really I think, you know, having that outlet in the military- but anywhere, you know, is, is huge and can be huge. Um, even like, you know, insurance is 
and cost being able to see somebody. It'd be nice if that was different. Yeah. So now you met your wife, what age were you? 28. 28. Um, and you, you guys, like how, how was that transition for you to like, you had moved in with her, like, yeah. like not much, not much longer after you guys had kind of started dating and got yeah, serious. Pretty, pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. Right away. <laughs> right away. Okay. Um, cause you guys, yeah. cause she knew like she was like, she was kind of looking to settle down in life. Yeah, She's four years older. Yep. So, and for you at that point, you probably were. Yeah. Also... I've, I've always liked relationships. Didn't, I still like, I like being around people. So it was, yeah, it was like, she likes me and she's going to have me, you know? I mean, that's not the only reasons, but yeah. It, so then you guys, um, like what was that transition for you? Like to them, like live, cause you probably never lived with a girl prior to that. I'm guessing. No. Oh, okay. Um, so that was truly like the first, like living with a female or a significant other. And I don't know. I, I think it was good. Was there like extra accountability in life all of a sudden with like the fact that like, yeah, this is like a, you want to, yeah. you want to be uh, better for her. Yeah. Yeah. But I was so like drilled again mentally as a kid that you know we had chores and we had to you know do stuff and we had to do things a certain way, which maybe is not that good mentally. Like, you should be more. It's good to get kids to do things, but to do it in a more open-minded fashion, not so drill-instructed military only one way type. Um, but no, I, that's probably one of the things that kept or like, you know, didn't get me kicked out of her place was like, I took out the garbage. I did dishes. I you know, would vacuum, you know, all the homely stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that supposedly most of us guys don't do, but I would think most of the new age guys New age, New age yeah. <laughs> have to do it or know how to do it or can do it or want to do it. I mean, it's funny. Like those are little disciplines in life that like, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people don't do them. A lot of people like don't take care yeah. of like little things like that. Right. You know, it, it's physical housekeeping, which is like no different than like, it really relates to like mental housekeeping. So yeah. like, you're, you're probably very good at physical housekeeping. Right. But like, Sounds like you would maybe sometimes not be the best about mental housekeeping right. of like trying to kind of address right. if something was bothering you in a way yeah. or yeah. just like suppressing it. So like for you, being in a, like being in a relationship is, what's the word I want to look for? It's, it, it's innately like. Innate. It's innate. Innate. It's innately like a deep thing. You have to like start addressing feelings and emotions a little bit right. more. Uh, was it like a transition for you there with like the fact that. You're getting into a relationship that we've got to be the person you married, which me is Drew. You're going to get into deeper conversations and get into more of your life opening up to this person. Right. I think I honestly, sorry, Kareem, still probably hide a lot of those things. Okay. So, uh, yeah. I mean, again, there's probably a lot that I need to uncover undig or dig up 
and uh, focus on or figure out. Well, you have been. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about that stuff. Yeah. You know, what's important to you and what, what really matters right. and kind of working towards that. Right. Right. It's just finding, finding the right outlets. Yeah. You know, and allowing yourself to be vulnerable, I guess, and um, trying to not like lie to yourself, you know? Like, I've got a temper, yeah, but it's part probably learn and part just it's been put in me, I guess. I don't know. Again, do you have that temper when yeah. you're young? Probably, yeah. Run over my brother playing football, you know, or chase him around. Sometimes, sometimes with things I probably shouldn't have chased them around with. But like, would but there I, be like situations where, you know, something got you to be very angry and you just, mm-hmm. you weren't able to reel in your emotions type of situations? Yeah. Yeah. And again, as a young kid, you don't know how to, you don't know how to see those things and then to dissect them or handle them, you know, and even as an adult, it's hard, you know, adults. I guarantee you have a hard time. I have a hard time where it's like, okay, stop. You know, like even with kids, parents have hard times where it's, you can't, you shouldn't let a two-year-old get you upset, but they do, they do, (laughs) you know, but you as the adult have to figure out how to dissect that and just, and really it's, that's just a kid. Just like when you were a kid and you didn't know how to figure stuff out or express stuff, they're the same way. So, but that's where, again, like being a parent, will your kids do and will teach you stuff, life stuff, heavy stuff. So was that a big transition for you when your daughter came? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with her, I think it was easier. Um, she just was an easier baby where like our son was harder, but now that he's older, we're closer. I feel like it's not as hard. I wouldn't say it like the closeness or the relating type stuff. I don't think matters, but just it was harder for me with our son because he was a harder baby. But again, at the end of the day, you have to tell yourself. That's just a little kid, you know, and sometimes I, back then I would look back or even now if I talk about it or think about it, it's like, why did I get that way? You know, like, why did I let a baby or a one-year-old or a two-year-old or a three-year-old, whatever, let me or make me get like that, you know? Well, I think this this is a great thing to dive into because I, I do think a lot of guys probably st- struggle with like the beginning phases of fatherhood in some level, right? Because again, you're not as bonded to the kid. And if the kid is a little difficult, so like they're not just this like new thing in your life and it's a little extra responsibility, but they're cute and whatever. But like, no, the kid cries a lot, needs a lot of attention is, you know, they, 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 they give you like, they start to become this 
bigger stressor in life and you still haven't bonded with them as much as much as the mother has that like that is probably like a very hard thing to deal with and i do you hear this a lot that like um daughters uh, when they're younger are like they're just a little calmer they're less less destructive it's like it's easier to just be like okay it's this cute little thing i love it yeah Yeah, it's extra responsibility and stress but you know and the boys are boys but then boys are boys (laughs) are they're, they can be assholes. They can really like, yeah. they destroy things. They can throw fits in ways that right. like, you know, again, if you, and if you haven't fully bonded to them yet, the way that their mom has, cause yeah. their mom is bonded to them the second that they're born, they're born because right. they're bonded to them for nine months. Even before them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd love to, I'd love for you to kind of expand on that for yourself. Cause you know, we've talked about that a little bit and like how, like it took eventually for you to like start feeling like, oh yeah, like. Finn is a little dude and yeah. this little dude's starting to like really show its personality in ways that you could, you could relate to. Right. Um, I mean, you just, you have to really step back and think, you know, and watch and listen and not, and not like overanalyze, but think, you know, about it. And, um, he's, kids are, kids are such good teachers. You know, so I think once a person allows their kids to teach them, and I know it sounds maybe kind of goofy or like weird or confusing, but at least the way I've looked at it is once I've let, I've truly like let my kids in and let them teach me and I've opened my mind and let it happen it makes it so much easier. So I, just like any other issues I might have or somebody else might have mentally, like if you just you truly just open up and listen, whether it's just to yourself or anything else that's out there, I think you definitely grow and learn and uh, get help a lot. It's like probably because kids, kids simplify things down, right? Like, right. Like it, things don't always have to be complex to really learn something from it. And, no. And kids kind of probably bring that reminder back. Like, right. This is this whole issue is much simpler than yeah. we want to make it out yeah. to be. Don't overthink it. They're not going to overthink it. They're going to react, and and at the end of it, it's very simplified. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I feel like there's, I mean, that there's a beautiful message in there of like, yeah, kids ultimately teach you more than you can learn from a lot of things in life because there's the fact that you are now responsible for this like little human being and you have to be, you have to learn to be patient with them because you don't want to just put your own stress and scars on them. Um, And that there's going to be errors in that road of probably taking that journey, right? Because you have to learn, you have to learn how to control your anger when your anger wants to come out because right. the kid's frustrating right. and whatnot. But if you let our, like, if we let our minds think of an adult as a kid, right? Like, so what conversations, you know, two people can have or groups can have, um, no matter whether it's male, female, what race, what ethnicity, what religion, stuff like that. If, it's going to sound kind of goofy, but if I'm like, oh, John's a kid, 
you know, like take what he's saying and don't overthink it. You know, just let it be simplified or simple. That might be good too for all of us. Yeah. Like this planet's just full of little kids that grew up. Yeah. How fun is that? Yeah. Yeah. We're all just grass kids. That's (laughs) quite literally what we all are. Yeah. Some of us like to act like we're more important than others. Right. But some of us act like we're, some of us act more like kids than others as well, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's not honestly, because life starts, life ends. And if in between there, you can let your inner kid get out and have as much fun as it can, then that's great. You know, and I, yeah, yeah, I think there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I think as long as you're able to be responsible and right hone shit in that you need to hone in, yeah, then yeah, that is, that's a good thing. Let your inner kid out, have fun. Right. It's probably why me and you have had like so much fun over the past couple of years and yeah, you know, going out doing some shit. Cause we, you know, ultimately we, we like to let that kid out. We, right. like, we like to let loose and raise you a little bit. Some other people. <laughs> our wives <laughs> might not always like when the inner kid comes out, but it make it, you know, I don't know, life's short and, uh, you know, have fun, learn, live. Yeah. Is there anything that like you would go back and tell your younger self now as you're older? Like, is there anything that you would, you know, really want to like change? Cause yeah. like, I, I don't believe in regrets ultimately, but like, um, I do still think there is like a profoundness to want to look back and be like, okay, like, sure. If I had this information back then, maybe I would have done this. Yeah. Oh, just, oh man, that's a hard one. But Did on the, re- on the regret thing, it's, I, I have, I feel like a couple of regrets, three or four. And then more recently I've tried to tell myself, like, they're not regrets. Like everything does happen for a reason. And some of that stuff we have control in, some of that stuff we don't have control in. We're like, a, if I were to go back to my younger self, just, you know, be true to yourself. And again, though, when you're young, it's so hard to see that or think that way. But um, like, I think if we all were somewhat individuals at a young age and like truly like did just us this world might even be better you know um, where so much of the world it's like oh i'm gonna do that because of that person and then more and more people do that same thing or i'm gonna wear this or i'm gonna talk this way or you know when at the end of the day like we're all the same but like when you're young if you just just do you you know um, I think we would have an even better society and world and, um, regrets. Try not to have them, but it's all right to have regrets. I don't know. You know, I still feel I have them, but then I also, I'm like, oh, if, you know, if I would have stayed in the military, would it, maybe I would have been deployed. Maybe I would have gotten really bad PTSD. Maybe I would have been killed. But because I didn't stay in the military, all these other things have happened. You know, the choices that happen, whether you make them or don't make them, um, it all has an effect. And I mean, I met, you know, my wife and have two beautiful kids, mainly thanks to her. 
but because I didn't stay in the military, you know, and because I didn't stay in California, you know, I came back home. So yeah, it all, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. You're ultimately the culmination of all your experiences and. Right. And yeah. you're always learning and you're, we're always growing, you know, that's where seeing like my, my parents or like older people with like their kids. So like my parents with me, like they're a lot more calm than they were when I was a kid, when I was, when I was like my kids ages, some like, why couldn't you be like that back then? You know, but then it's like, then when I start to get like they used to get, it's like, why are you getting like that? You know, like we're, we're all here for such a short amount of time. Um, that should enjoy it as much as you can, you know. It's good that you have that awareness and that you're kind of able to see yeah. that, step back from it, see yeah. that, like, you're going to someday look back and be like, man, I, any th- anytime I got angry or mad at the kids right. for something. What? For what? Yeah. Why? You know, and even mental stuff, it's like, again, we're only here for so long. So, you know, instead of burying it, you know, try to think about it and try to, bring it to the forefront and learn from it and, and grow from it so that it's just good. It's not bad. Oh. Yeah. Cause I, not everything needs to be like negative. Well, and like sometimes like we're not burying anything. Like you don't, it's not that you need to dive into all this stuff, but just make sure that there was, that you understand the lesson that you ultimately needed to learn for yourself from it. Right. You know, there's some lesson in everything that we go through. And that lesson is always so, it's so specific to us for your own situation, for you, you know, yourself, whatever it is. And you're going to only learn it from realizing why did I, why did that happen? Why did I react the way I did? Right. All right. There's a lesson I learned from it and now I can move forward because otherwise you kind of get stuck on it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. Yeah. Sweet. This was a great conversation. I really yeah. appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, thanks for and opening up a little bit. Doing it and having me and yeah. Well, yeah. Well, thank you. Um, if you guys enjoyed this conversation, <laughs> please uh, like and subscribe. And if you have time, please go uh, give the podcast some ratings on Spotify and iTunes. It really helps to get out there a little bit more and get uh, more people to uh, discover it. Otherwise, thank you again and have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Click the like button. Like, subscribe, <laughs> subscribe, <laughs> like, follow, <laughs> follow John. Yeah, okay, I appreciate this. Thanks, Thank man. you. Yeah. This was awesome. Thank God I didn't need clean.